Welcome to the Hidden Wire podcast, episode 1092. This is my interview with Robert Althouse, and we're discussing his new book, Love and Truth. Enjoy. Hello, Robert, and welcome to the Hidden Wire podcast. Great to have you here, mate. Ah, thank you, Lee. I really appreciate it. We're on opposite sides of the world, but technology is connecting us. So, uh, yeah, this is the wonders of the modern world, no? Well, yeah, we get to talk about really cool topics all the time on this show, and um, I'm looking forward to this one. Robert, you've launched your book. Uh, this is the first book for you, isn't it? No, it's actually my second book. I, uh, I wrote uh-huh. My first book is called Never Enoughitis. That's really the story of my life and the, kind of the arc of my story. And that was launched in uh, January 21. And uh, my new book, Love and Truth, was uh, published uh, September 12th. So just uh, about a month and a half ago or so. So the ethos of being spiritual art, love and yeah. truth. Uh-huh. Love and truth. Two very powerful words, huh? Yeah, and I, it, it's kind of an interesting background. So that's been my personal uh, mantra for some time. And I was, uh, as I was really going deep into the spiritual path and 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 you know studying all the ancient wisdom traditions, I I got very um, involved in yoga, and that was one of the practices I was really deepening uh, myself into. I became a yoga teacher, and one of the things I noticed in these um, as I was going through this, and I was going through quite a bit of turbulence in my life. And I, I noticed that lovingly, but all, a lot of these yoga instructors, you know, love and light, love and light, love and light. And I was like, you know, life is not all love and light. Life's got a lot of darkness to it, too. And so I was really just you know, not really taking that. And I said, what is it for me? And, you know, I came to this. I landed on this thing that for me, it's love and truth. I really want to find out the truth, the truth about myself, the truth about the world, the truth about all of it. And so that's that became the love and truth. It's kind of like my mantra. And then I had a, a big uh, download. And this is my first fully channeled work. Uh, it came kind of through lock, stock and barrel last April. And then I started writing it. And then the title was just obvious to me. It had to be love and truth. Okay. I like it. Bit of a backstory there. Yeah. And a fair bit to unpack too. Um, the word truth itself. Um, you know, what is truth? What is true and what is truth? Um, I always think about that because it's perceived differently. I mean, you could say that rain is wet. That's the truth, right? But then is it 100% truth? Right. Or is it just a perception of our, our feelings of things? And yeah. then you say, yeah. you know, what is truth to you? Um, well, what is truth to you? What is the true right. you? How do you find that? And I guess that's right. what you unpack in your book because you just said then, you know, you had yeah. a big download. What do you mean by a big download? Well, I mean, I, I literally, I was driving to the beach and I had, uh, you know, my when I had a, a, spirit, a big spiritual awakening in 2015, it was a, it was really the subject of my first book, you know, what happened to me, because I was just riding a material wave, I was going for fame, fortune and applause, like everybody else, and quite successful. And I reached that proverbial mountain peak. And I was really disillusioned because I thought, you know, the whole the world had told me, you know, if you get there, then you'll be complete and happy and enjoy yeah. and, you know, life is great. And I was like, well, I'm here now. And, you know, and 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 the disillusionment was like, well, I don't feel complete. I actually feel a huge void inside of me. And that, you know, had to do with my trajectory as well. I swam with the sharks. I became a shark myself. And um, and so anyway, going back to truth, I mean, the first chapter of my book is actually called Universal Truth. And there I go mm-hmm. really, really deep into um, into what that really means, because you and I and every other person, all we can really truly access is is our relative truth. But we are right. all under the illusion that our truth is the whole and only truth and everybody else is wrong. 
Um, and this is kind of this uh, very interesting conundrum that, you know, we get great misunderstandings in the world because, yeah, because you know, I think my, now, like that's pretty, because I think, I think my God is true and you think your God is true. And now we're going to fight about it. And, you know, I mean, I, I simplify it, but, you know, we all only have access to a subjective truth mm. uh, because we can only see it through our own lens which is very heavily colored by our experiences of our life, the culture we grew up in, our upbringing, our exposure to you know, various different things. Uh, but there is such a thing as universal truth. Uh, there are some things that are beyond our relative truth. And we know those things, actually, um, because they're, um, they're, they're independent of any time, geography. They're independent of, uh, they don't change over time. And for instance, if I say a statement that is in every ancient wisdom tradition, like the golden rule, do unto your others as you wish to be done unto you. Well, there's a universal truth in that. Because no matter how you attack that philosophically, you know, we all not, that know that to be true. Mm. I can tell, I can, I can, I can teach my five-year-old and that's true to them. Now we don't always live by it, right? And so there is universal truth in this universe. Yeah, but our perception of it is all, always a relative version of it, and yeah. this is this is and once we're aware of that, you know, there's a great revelation in that, because now we can be in the world and you know I'm really attached because we're usually very attached to our own truth, but now someone else says something that I find my I might find offensive or I don't agree with it, but now I can take this perspective. Well, that's just their relative truth. Mm. And it doesn't necessarily change my relative truth, and I don't necessarily need to convince them in, uh, uh, or any other yeah, truth. Yeah. Uh, and then we can also kind of peel that onion, like, well, how did how did they arrive at that relative truth for them? Mm -hmm. Right. And so it opens up a lot of doors when we start kind of you know unpacking this thing called truth or truth. If we can talk about these things, you know, because what you're talking about there, I guess part of me thinks that there's this internal truth and this idea of truth that it doesn't really matter to the rest of the universe. You know, it's just within trying to figure out that internal truth, but then, <clears throat> excuse me, there's other truths out there um, that matter to everyone, the collective. And at the moment I see in the world, and I was just talking to a friend last night on the phone about this. Uh, there's, there's my truth and your truth. And right. I'm just not going to even listen to your truth because I don't care about it. Mine's the right truth. Right. And there seems to be this big divergent and COVID was one of those, right? Where people 100%. had their two different 100%. opinions. Yeah, and yeah. if you're on the other side of the fence, the other party didn't care. They didn't want to listen. Yeah. Because yeah. they were they, they knew that they were in the right truth. Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, and, and, and now let me add the layer to it. And COVID is a great example. Um, you know, especially in, in, in kind of the modern media and politics, you know, we like to make anything, everything binary. And you know, life is really complex. This universe is really complex. There's very few things actually that are really truly binary. And so mm -hmm. when you have complex matters and you try to make it a yes or no, and if you're on the opposite side, now you're my enemy, uh, you know, there's great danger in that. And we saw that in the COVID, right? Um, because now, you know, I take my position on this side of the fence and now by definition, you must be wrong and not only wrong, now I'm, I'm okay to vilify you. I'm okay to maybe even put you in a camp or, you know, whatever I thought was the right, you know, or you could be forced to do something. And, you know, this is where relative truth really becomes dogma uh, and it becomes militant. 
And so, you know, the more we can loosen up our own relative truth and say, well, I'm just looking through the world through this lens, this prism. And in my case, it's called Robert Altheis that was born 52 years ago in Holland and he lived there and was upbringing and that culture kind of had an imprint on him. And then he started traveling the world and now he's been an American for 30 years. And, and you know, all these things color the way I look at the world. But just imagine the same soul or whatever, you know, animates this guy called Robert. Well, what if I was born in the Middle East? And, you know, I was born a Muslim and I was raised in that culture. Well, you know, life and the world is going to look very different to me. Hmm. And this is really 100%. the reality of the world that we have 8 billion people that each single one of them has a unique experience of, of life. Yeah. And then therefore their relative truth. And their relative truth is going to have nuances that, you know, some of it we will never understand. So what can we propose to help? help allow the discussions that are necessary in the world today? Well, I, I I think the first kind of step or just acceptance is that, you know, just because my relative truth looks like X doesn't necessarily mean someone else's relative truth is wrong hmm. because maybe they're just looking at it from a different perspective. And, and, you know, we can, you know, talking about binary here, but we can talk, you know, it's very different to move through this world as a woman, as a man. It's just a different experience. You know, your physiology is different. You're, you know, in various cultures, you're treated in a very different way, even though, you know, there's been many, much progress to level the playing field. There's still a very different experience. I mean, just mm. our biology is different. Uh, you know, we're wired different. And so, you know, to think that a woman is going to see the world exactly the way you do as a man is kind of illusionary, um, you know, well, because it's a yeah. different experience. Mm. It's a completely different experience. And here I am. I'm a six foot five white guy with blue eyes that immigrated to the United States. But I can promise you that my experience coming from Holland, being having a European background was very different from an immigrant that came maybe from Africa, from the middle of Nigeria. His immigration experience in the United States was fundamentally different than mine. Not that he's better or I'm better. It's just different. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, we, we can we can look at the world and say, well, everybody is colored and basically tainted by their experiences throughout life. And mm. these things are going to color us in the same way that when, you know, we have a relationship or a divorce that ends up, uh, you know, breaking our heart, we are now scarred by that. Now, we might still be able to heal that and go into our next relationship, but we will always bring that experience. You know, there's a remnant. Of yeah, that. 100%. Uh, and, you know, if we grow up in poverty, then, you know, that's going to color us in certain ways because it's an experience we carry with us hmm. where, you know, if I'm born in the privilege, you know, I, I don't necessarily have that lens. I mean, that 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 fog is just not on my lens. Yeah. Um, you know, and so there's various ways that we carry our own kind of luggage through the world. And the first thing to realize is that, you know, everybody is fighting a hard battle. That's Plato's words. You know, so we can be compassionate towards other people. And my general perception is that hurt people hurt people. So whenever we see someone that has anger and hate and violence and those uh, expressing those types of things, then usually there's a lot of pain there. There's a wound there. There's something there. And so instead of fighting them on their relative truth, you know, you could ask a question. How did they get there? What happened mm -hmm. to them? How did they develop that? that that view on life that vantage point how are they seeing life 
Now, we can never walk a mile in anybody's shoes, uh, but it's sure go, good to try. The seek to understand, be open-minded. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a little interesting story. I was, um, I took my kids on a spring break ski trip to Canada and, you know, you sit in this little, you know, those little eggs, you go up the mountain, you know, and everybody's quiet and everybody has their mask on, nobody's talking. And I, I had this little thing with my kids. I said, you know, I'm going to do a little game. I'm going to ask everybody some questions. And I bet you within three questions, I can find something that connects me to them. And so I had this game and I would ask these strangers, these perfect strangers, some questions. And every single time on the second or third question, there was something I, I, I and, and it could be like, you know, we both like soccer or, you know, or we've both been to some place or it doesn't matter what it is. And my point to make to my kids was, you know, if you can connect with someone and see the humanity in them, it's very, very, very difficult at that point to hold on to hate and anger and prejudice because now you see him as a human being. Mm. Right. And we see this, you know, right now in the world where um, people are so lost in anger and hate and, and those things that they don't even they can't even see that anymore in their fellow human being. They can't yeah. see the sacredness of life anymore. Yeah. Mm. It's a pretty cool practice to be able to just talk to strangers, ask questions, uh, because that's it's, not done it, enough either. It's fundamental. And everyone's got this it's, fear of, of doing it like myself, and I've, I've just been overseas myself, and there was times where I just sat in silence when I was like, hmm, you know, maybe I should have asked some questions or, or, or start the yeah. conversation. But you always yeah. think, you look at other people, and you think, oh, these people just don't want to talk. But everyone wants to talk. I was saying that to a friend. I said, I think everyone yeah. wants to talk. They're just scared to go first. Yeah. yeah, there's a there's a Nate, you know, we're social <clears throat> animals and um, there's a Nate. I, I really, truly believe that at a soul level, all we're seeking is unity. Mm. We're seeking to be unified and harmonized with everything in life. Mm. And other people are part of that because it doesn't feel good to have anger. I mean, if you think about energy, right? So if you go and there's anger and animosity and jealousy and all whatever negative feeling you have towards someone else, it doesn't feel good. Now, when you meet a perfect stranger and, you know, maybe you go to a party somewhere and, and you know, you end up talking to the stranger and you have a beautiful connection, and a wonderful conversation, you feel good. It's like, wow, that was an awesome conversation I just had. I just connected with that person. We had so much fun, you know, and maybe you'll never see him again, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. There was a there was a connection. There was unity. There was harmony. Now, anything that's of disharmony is actually in violation of the of the immutable laws of the universe. Because everything, you know, and our job is really how can I be with harmony with life itself, which yeah. is all other people too, which is also how can we as humanity be in harmony with nature, with our biosphere, with this planet that supports us? You know, how can we be in unity and harmony with everything? I mean, mm. this is a fundamental um, precept of life. You know, and when we're not, we're not going to feel great. It doesn't yeah. feel good to carry hate around. It really doesn't feel good. Or anger. This, this, this or comes to the other important word of your book, which is love, love and truth. Yeah, yeah. So Fundamentally. About love, because it, it's getting sometimes thrown around. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's, that's know, true. But... I'm, I'm, I'm glad you asked, because the second chapter of my book is, is called Universal Love. And I really, I kind of dissect love into two versions of love. Right. The one that most people are familiar with, I call love the emotion. Now, this is what most people um, experience as love or know as love. 
And love the emotion is a beautiful thing. You know, we, we, we love a certain person. We love a car. We love a job. We love something. But it has some elements to it, some qualities to it, some, um, some attributes. And one of them is exclusion. Like, I love my people, but I don't like those people. I love my race, my creed, my country, but I don't like those countries. It, there is an element of exclusion in love, in love the you emotion. Mean the, when you say love the emotion. I'll, I'll get there for a second. Okay, all right, all cool, yeah. clear. Now, there's also a perishability factor in it. Because, you know, when I just get my car, I absolutely love this car. And two months later, ah, you know, it's just my car. It's just my my wheels. Now, I also have this, you know, I, I, I meet this beautiful woman in my case. And, you know, I'm so enamored with her. And I ask her to marry me. And we're going to go on this journey of marriage. And then for whatever reason, it falls apart. And now I'm going to hire a pit bull lawyer. And, I'm, you know, she's the biggest bitch in the world. And I'm going to, you know, skin her naked, right? This is the perishability of love the emotion. We idolize someone today and tomorrow we vilify them. Yeah. That's all love the emotion. Now, the, the, the higher exalted version of love is actually called love the energy. Now, love the energy of a, is of a completely different gradation. A lot of people refer to this as unconditional love, but I don't tend to use that because I think that word is getting cheapened because people associate love the emotion with unconditional love. Um, so love the energy has no exclusion and no perishability. So you can offend me right now and you can call me names and I can still see the divinity in you and say, I, I, I still love him as a human being. I, I don't find he's kind to me, but I'm going to look beyond that, right? Mm. And I'm still going to see your divinity. I'm, gonna, I'm still going to see your right to live. I'm still going to see your right to freedom. I'm still going to honor you as a person. I might not agree with you, I might think some of your ideas are idiotic, but I'm going to choose to be in this exalted uh, state of love where I can also access compassion. Yeah. Now, there's also no perishability. Now, this love is a very, very, very high grade, and very few people have access to it. But this is what we see at higher levels of consciousness, and certainly at the level of you know what Jesus was talking about, turn your other cheek. There are all these lessons that we know from the great masters, and they've all talked about this ad nauseum. Now, this love, the energy is really what we're made of. Yeah. This is actually the essence of the universe. And this is really what we're rising into. But it's a very, very high standard. And we have to get out of the way of our ego and stop being offended by everything that anybody might direct at us and just really just anchor into that part of us that is within us. And we all have access and, and capacity to do this. But this is a very, very different. And we saw very little of this, for instance, during the pandemic. Uh, we, see, we see very little of this uh, in these wars and conflicts that we see today. Hmm. And all the and most of the chaos in the world and most yeah. of the surveillance systems that are being put in place. And most of, you know, and I could keep going on and on. Uh, this has nothing to do with love. This has to do with power and control. Yeah. So this love, the energy, I mean, life, I feel, is is just energy, a wave of energy that we, we tap into and tap out of when we live in this conscious, this this physical body. But then yeah. after we go, we go back into that field of energies. My thoughts on it all anyway, but you can probably unfold that a bit more better than me. To get to this state of love, the energy, I suppose we have to fall into a high level of consciousness. Uh, you don't fall into it. You actually uh, rise into it. But Rise into it. If, if you allow me, I want to, this is in my introduction. And, yeah. and, and this, a lot of times this resonates with a lot of people. It's a very short little paragraph. Um, 
if you've allowed me to read it, it will actually touch on all this because I, I mean, I promise you this is not rocket science and we all actually know this at a deep level. So here it goes. This is part of the introduction. So to save you the trouble of reading, let me summarize this book for you. Love is the secret sauce. Love is the only answer. This is the only truth. And honestly, we each know this, although we might not live it. Anything created, empowered, infused, bestowed, encircled, or embraced with love inevitably heals, thrives, grows, flowers, blossoms, unites, harmonizes, regenerates, and creates effervescent beauty in whatever form that might appear. Love is the sacred elixir of life itself, the magical energetic pixie dust of this universe, that which animates all of creation. Love is infinitely intelligent, wise, and powerful. And when we awaken to this remembrance, the nucleus of divinity deep within us is sparked and reignited. What I'm really pointing at here is that we all know that when we pour love in our relationship, in our marriage, in our parenthood, things thrive. Things come to life. Things blossom. When we pour love in our business and we pursue it with a passion, it comes alive. When we pour it in a friendship, when we pour it into our anything we build, when we cook, a meal tastes better when you cook it with love. We all know this. There's yeah. no secrets here. Mm. Now, when you have anything that is created, you know, without love, you really get everything that's ugly in this world. And it doesn't flower. It doesn't blossom. It doesn't unite. It doesn't harmonize. And so this is really the secret that, you know, if you want to have uh, an elevated life and rise in consciousness, don't worry about rising in consciousness. Just start looking at life. Like, where can I pour love into this world? Mm. Into myself first, right? Love all my flaws. Love all my imperfections because I'm here to learn and evolve. And then where can I pour love into this world? Where can I pour love into my relationship? So when it's not going so well in my relationship, instead of trying to find fault and blame and have harsh discussions, okay, where can I love harder? Because I know that's the sacred elixir. I know that will always turn everything around and it will provide me with answers yeah. that are of a far higher intelligence than anything that hate, anger, animosity, pride, greed, any of those things will ever deliver to me. So, you know, it, it, it sounds maybe corny, but I promise you, if you look at anything that's successful, that's beautiful, that's of, of beauty, hmm. whether it's a relationship, a building, architecture, art, music, it was created with love. Yeah. It does sound corny, but I like it. It's um, it's pretty powerful. And I just, when you were talking then, I was just like, you now relationships or, or people's turmoil that they might be going through. The world seems to be triggered this way about, okay, well, what's wrong with this situation? What's the negatives? Let's focus on that and see see how we can, rather than approaching as, what, well, what can I actually yeah. do to put more love into it? Yeah. We're trying what would to, love do? We're, we're trying what to look at it, you know? Yeah. And, and, and love, you know, has many expressions. I, I had a client once that uh, had just finished two weeks meditating in Tibet. And, and, you know, we were actually just doing a little errand and, you know, we're, you know, in the supermarket paying the cashier and he was kind of like really short and brief and, and, and sort of rude. And I kind of looked at him and I said, I don't think the meditation worked very well. And he said, what do you mean? I said, you know, imagine if you are just kind to her and just good to her, right? And you give her maybe even a little compliment if you feel good. She's going to light up inside. 
She's going to be happy. She's going to be serving the next customer with a smile on her face. That is going to touch that next person. Um, I'll give you, you know, a contrary example. There was this joke once on Facebook and everybody was laughing about it. There was this guy in the line, you know, the drive through at McDonald's and someone was horning and, you know, honking behind him or whatever, impatient. And so he went up to the counter and then at the first counter, the story was, you know, I paid for her breakfast. And, you know, I thought, no, no, maybe that's going in the right direction. You know, maybe he's just going to make, give her a smile. And then he went to the pickup counter and he took her food. And everybody was laughing on the Facebook comments and all that. And I said, well, think about it. Clearly, when someone is, you know, hunking the horn and she's angry and she's screaming, she's already not having a great day. Mm -hmm. I don't know what happened. Maybe yeah. something really bad happened in her life. We don't know. And now you're going to do this and aggravate her. Where you could have, you had the opportunity actually to maybe pay for her breakfast and put a smile on her face and change the directory, the arc of her day. Now, what people don't realize is that every thought, every action, every energy lives forever in this universe. Everything is a vibration that we express into this universe. Mm. Everything negative you do lives forever. Everything positive you do lives forever too. This is why the universe is expanding at the rate that it does, because all our cumulative experiences as human beings are just expanding the universe with information. Now, imagine the power of your thoughts and your action, even the smallest little things that you do. Mm. If we can see one little person, you can help a person just with a kind word, open a door for someone, give someone maybe a compliment. You are changing the world in that moment. You don't have to yeah. go on the great political scale and negotiate a truth, um, you know, a truce PC between that might not be your job in this lifetime, but you certainly can walk through life with kindness and goodness and love in your heart. And it changes the world. Mm -hmm. It it that changes the world. Yeah. Do you feel that we're we're rising into this as a collective? We are. We are yeah. because, you know, all of consciousness is just a cosmic play. And uh, I, what I mean by that, that is there a far greater intelligence that's kind of orchestrating all this, this entire universe. Yeah. And you can call that God or creator. You can call it whatever. I'm not attached to labels, infinite intelligence. You can call it unified field, which what they call it in quantum physics. So, you know, whichever way you want to call it, there's mm -hmm. a, an infinite intelligence that is guiding all this because it simply cannot be random there's nothing random there's no flukes there's no accidents right and there is a process that is very large in scale far beyond our kind of the aperture of our awareness of how grand this is yeah. now we are rising and we are being confronted at the moment uh, throughout all these times you know with ourselves it's a mirror the outside world is all all it is is a mirror of our collective consciousness and so when we see a lot of ugliness in the world and we see these terrible things, the real question is, you know, what part of this is within me? Where do I participate in this? And of course, you know, the, I, I'm not naive. I mean, there's uh, there are certain actors that are um, doing their very best to drag us into, you know, very dark places. Um, but still, you know, we have the power to rise above that because we can just pierce through it by just seeing and, and really developing our own sovereign critical thought. And you know, emanating that power in our own expression in life, which is part of my book is, you know, we're all spiritual poets. We're mm. here to express our spiritual art on the canvas of life. And how do we 100%. do that? Well, we do it yeah. through 
our daily life in, in, in on the earthly realm. So we do it through relationships. We do it through our jobs, our careers, our hobbies, our mm-hmm. being here in the world is how we express our spiritual art into the, onto the canvas of all creation. Yeah. The, um, yeah, I'd love but to I'm very get optimistic. To... Let me, let me say I'm, I'm, a, I'm extraordinarily optimistic. Extraordinary. I like that. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you why, because it's inevitable. And this is the difference between power and force. Now, power, truth has power, and all falsehoods are based on force. And what I mean by that, if you have a balloon and you push it underwater, right? Now, imagine that balloon is truth. And it requires force to submerge that underwater. Mm. And force eventually runs out of fuel. And the truth will always rise. And so the truth of this existence, which is love, will always eventually prevail and rise because it has innate power. And we know this because when we create something with truth, with love, right, we know it will inevitably create beauty Yeah. whenever we do anything else. So all the things that we're seeing right now are the falsehoods of, of humanity. Yeah, And they all have to do with dogmatic thinking. They have to do with identification, with thought, identification with certain races and creeds and religions and things like that, which is an absolute truth. I mean, those are just truths humans created. And there's nothing wrong with having your own religion uh, by all means. But when you start um, taking your view of your religion as superior to anything else, you know, now you're starting to create conflicts. And most mm-hmm. wars have been over resources, religion, or um, prestige. Mm-hmm. This is where most mm-hmm. wars come from. Well, I like that, the uh, the balloon theory, the, the rising of love. I mean, when you think about it, and this is where I think it'll get to just um, just quickly. Everyone wants this level of love. It's within. Of course. So of course. if we're feeling this anger and this hate, and it just boils to a point where people just go, this is not what it wants, because it's not going to create any, like you said, it's not going to create anything beautiful. So ultimately, the individual and then the collective will start to go, no, this isn't the, the right way. Yeah, we, we're going we're we? to we're gonna literally lean into... Where, where, what does everybody desire? Because human beings are really simple. We all we all want to be happy. We all want to mm. have joy. We mm. all want to have freedom. We all yeah. want to live in dignity. We all want to um, feel that there's a level of justice in the world, fairness in the world. These aren't like, this isn't rocket science. Now, when you have a people that is generally has that level of, um, look at Switzerland. Switzerland is such an interesting country because in Europe, there's been wars for thousands of years. Hmm. And for hundreds of years now, Switzerland has been able to extract itself completely from this. Now, I'm not saying that, that um, you know, Switzerland is utopia, but it is a very interesting place yeah. because, you know, you don't hear a lot about mass killings in Switzerland. You don't hear a lot about strive in society. When you go to Switzerland, it's very organized. It's very, and I'm not saying it's a perfect society. I'm not saying it's, you know, there's no unhappy people. Um, but when you look at it, it's like, wow, what are they doing over there? You know, because you don't hear that much discourse and that much, you know, civil unrest there. Mm, mm, um, mm. And, you know, I think it's an example of a country that has started to move in a direction where it, it, it extracts itself from all wars worldwide. 
It does not take a position in any conflicts. It does not send UN soldiers to all kinds of different places. It won't get involved in conflicts outside the border. Um, and that is a way of being for the Swiss. It's a way they see life, right? And so what would happen if all countries around the world will start adopting some of that? Mm. It'd be right? amazing. Mm. And what, what if we then, you know, really, really progressively start saying like, well, why, why are we still building all these weapons and tanks and fighter jets and uh, uh, flight deck carriers? And why are we spending billions and billions and, and trillions of dollars on all this military industrial complex? And we have people in Africa or all around the world, we have almost a billion people on the edge of starvation. Why, why, are we, why are we prioritizing that? Hmm. Right? Hmm. Is there more worthwhile causes that we could, you know, allocate our, our intelligence or resources to? Hmm. You know? Uh, and, and when we start thinking about, you know, how do we create harmony? How do we create unity? Well, the ingredients are quite simple. Everybody wants to be seen, heard, and loved. Hmm. Every human being has just these very simple criteria. And it doesn't matter where you're born in this world, you will resonate to that. When you feel seen, when you feel heard, and when you feel loved, you will foster a connection with that person. Yeah, yeah. And you don't right. have to agree with that person to see or hear them or love them. You don't need to agree with them. It's not necessary. Yeah. There's, there's lots of people in the world I totally do not agree with. But I can mm. still see them and hear them and love them. Mm. And they don't need to agree with me. It doesn't change my truth. All I ask is leave me my freedom to express myself. And I do believe that, you know, my expression should not cause any undue harm to anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Powerful. Powerful stuff. The book's available on Amazon. Yeah, absolutely. It's on Amazon. I, uh, I'm, I'm for sure it's uh, available in uh, Australia as well. Uh, I've had some uh, really nice people reach out from Australia and uh, give me give me some testimonials and feedback. Uh, so it's, I think it's really relevant because you know Australia went through a very traumatic, um, um, you know, fracturing of society as well during this whole pandemic. Obviously, all the Western world went here in the states and Europe, uh, but in Australia it was very powerful and it was very. Um, um, you know, because usually when I think, you know, I lived in Australia for a year, I think, you know, these are kind of the fair dinkum folks, you know, they're kind of easygoing, they're, they're, you know, they've got a beautiful country, they got plenty of space, they only got, what, 25 million people in the in a country the size of the United States, so, you know, you got oodles of space, you got beautiful nature, you've got so many different, um, you know, different levels of wealth and abundance beyond, you know, uh, just, just monetary. It's a beautiful people. And then, you know, what happened? Because it was, um, you know, some of the footage that I saw, uh, I, I, I was, it was very hard for me to reconcile the country I visited where I lived in uh, 1991. Mm. I couldn't reconcile it. Yeah. Mm. And, and for that matter, I couldn't reconcile the United States in this period either. I, I immigrated yeah. here in 1999-95. And what I experienced during the pandemic was like, I, I, I literally, what happened to the, this, this country didn't, this, did, this didn't exist in this country 25 years ago. What happened? And then, you know, even when looking back at my native Holland, um, same thing. So 
you know, I think for all of us, we have to kind of scratch behind our ears and say, what happened there? Mm, how do mm. how do we run off uh, off the rails there? And how did we get That's in such yeah. such state of separation and division? Um, mm, and how scary. do and how do we prevent it going forward? Yeah, yeah. I'd love to have you back on the show, Robert, to explore some of these uh, thoughts and particularly about um, energy and, I'm 100% and the cosmic plane. So uh, let's uh, organize uh, a second a second time. I'm just an email away, Lee. I, I really enjoy these conversations and I appreciate the exposure and uh, I love I, lo- I love talking to you. So, you know, have me on as many, as many times as you uh, as, let's, as let's do it again. Have me on. Is there a website people it. can find you? Yeah, yeah. It's my name, robertaltines.com. You can find me on uh, Amazon, on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn. I think I just started TikTok as well. Um, my yeah. last name is A-L-T-H-U-I-S. I'm the only Robert Althouse. If you Google it or Amazon it, I think I'm the only one with this, this weird name. So that makes it easy to find me if you can type it the right way. And um, yes, uh, Robert Althouse. And both my books, and both my, books um, my first book is an audio book as well. My second book, maybe next year I'll do that. Um, but, um, but yeah, uh, I, and I'm always available. People can reach out to me. They can find ways to connect with me on, uh, on free on my website. I'm always happy to hear from people. So that's awesome. Stick the website in the show notes, guys. Check it out at thehiddenwire.com. Robert, thanks to you so much for coming on again. Appreciate it. Thank time. you so much, Lee. I really appreciate it. it guys, great. check it out. Peace, passion, purpose. See you soon. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. I hope you love what you're hearing. If you like this episode, guys, or any of the episodes that you're listening to here at The Hidden Why, please do me a favor by sharing it. You can share it with your families. You can share it with your loved ones. You can do that by using your favorite social media channels using the icons on the platform that you're listening to The Hidden Why podcast. Also, guys, if you're a fan of the show, please connect with me. Connect with me at thehiddenwide.com. I love to hear from you. I love to converse with the people that listen to this show to find out what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy, and perhaps if they have any questions or feedback for the show as well. You can stay up to date with all that I'm releasing here, guys. I do a solo show every Monday, a three-minute thought every Thursday. I do two interviews a week on a Wednesday and a Saturday, and a book review every Friday. You can stay up to date with all that by subscribing to my newsletter at thehiddenwire.com. Just enter your email address there, and also subscribing to the podcast on the platform that you choose to listen to your podcast. You can also support the show, guys, by using the Amazon links at thehiddenwire.com. So if you like books, you can get all the books that I review there um, and anything else, really, that you like to purchase through Amazon. So use that link. It helps support the show. And we've also got a deal with Audible, guys. Audible is a fantastic way to listen to all your favorite books. We've got a deal with them so you can get two free books when you subscribe or, yeah, subscribe to a 30-day free trial. So check that out, again, at thehiddenwire.com. Guys, that's it from me. You know what to do. Go out there. Breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose and in doing so you will discover your hidden why this is the hidden why my name is lee martin until next time peace passion and purpose see you soon